Welcome to HR in the Car with Miriam Duchesne and Tom Shin of Alant Workforce Solutions, where exciting HR professionals and business leaders share laughter, insider stories, and maybe even a few tears about HR in today's world. Buckle up for the best half hour of your week. All right, so this week we have Mr. August 2023 <laughs> as our special guest. Do you want to take a guess? Well, I know it's Todd from Cressa. Yeah, it's, we joke a little bit here because uh, one of the funny things we found out about him is he's a volunteer firefighter. Well, that's not the funny thing. That's an amazing thing. It is. The calendar is the funny thing. The funny thing is the calendar <laughs> that we just learned after the fact that he happens to be August, Mr. August 2023 for his local fire department. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And so we talked today a little bit about how the real estate side of things really is interwoven into how a business decides what's good for their people, what's going to keep them in the office or bring them to the office versus being forced to come back in. So let's listen in. We'll go through a few questions here and learn a little bit more about Todd. Todd, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So Todd, tell us a little bit about your role, what you do for Cressa, and tell us a little bit about what Cressa is as well, because I don't know if everybody would know what that is. Sure. So Cressa is the world's largest uh, commercial real estate advisory firm for occupiers. Fancy terms for we represent tenants and businesses looking to buy space for them to operate out of. And so what I do for them is I'm a transaction manager. I do the brokerage side of things in addition to all the different service lines that we offer our clients. Gotcha. How has it been since the pandemic? I mean, we talk a lot about hybrid work environments or remote work or people downsizing spaces and leases, you know, commercial lease opportunities being, you know, increased because of the pandemic. Tell us what you're seeing here locally about, you know, as it relates to all of that. So I remember having a conversation with my partner, Zach, on like the second day of the pandemic. I was sitting on my front porch and a large client of ours said, we're not signing our lease. And that meant a significant uh, commission to us was not coming in. And I had a moment of panic and I said, oh my God, I'm gonna get fired. Nobody's gonna lease space anymore. Like there's just no room for this right now. Like, and we're just, it's all over for right, for right now, right? And went through some, you know, struggles that way early on in the pandemic. And I remember actually you were a guest speaker on a panel for the Leadership Tech Valley program. Okay, sure. Wow, that and was a while ago. And you were talking about, you know, not needing your office anymore and stuff like that very early on. And I remember my co-chair, because I co-chaired the program at the time, texted me and said, you must want to kill her right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, I, and I texted her back. I said, no, I'll help anybody downsize their space. And that was sort of really the first time I thought about, well, if that's the right thing, right, then that's what we'll help them do. Because um, where I feel like a lot of folks in commercial real estate are about the transaction, we're much more about the relationship and the business and what is best for your business. And we'll help you do it from a real estate side. And so that's really the, actually the first time that I thought about it is, well, if they need to downsize, we'll help them do it or you know, whatever it is that a business needs. If they don't need any space and they need us to help negotiate to get out, if they need some rent relief, we did a lot of that during COVID. Oh, sure. Um, mm -hmm. And so whatever it is. So fast forward now and what we're seeing is all kinds of different things. And it really depends on the business. And even in some larger businesses, it depends on 
the different departments and what they need. We've seen a lot of call centers go by the wayside that because they can track everything that they're doing. They have customer satisfaction surveys. They know how many dials they're making. They know how long they're on the phone. They know all of that sort of stuff. And it can be tracked and measured and you've got KPIs and it's easy. The example I like to give on the other side is marketing and I'm not picketing on marketing folks, but like, do we know if the campaign that they came up with at home versus in the office was as good as they would have come up with in the office? Sure. Don't know. And so what that's really led us to help uh, companies figure out is what's best for their company, for their people, and that it's really not about real estate right now. It's about people. And that's kind of where we all got together and started having some conversations about, well, a lot of the stuff we're talking to people about is, uh, companies about is their people. And what they want to do for work, where they want to work, how often they want to work, and what work they want to do where. And you must be talking to your candidates about that and started to find some synergies. And here we are on a podcast. Definitely. You know, it's interesting because so a couple months ago, I shared with you that I was going to do an online webinar about real estate and HR. And at the time, I didn't realize that it was some executives from Cressa that were actually the people running the webinar, presenting on the webinar. And then he had said to me, well, wh- what was it? How was it? And I said, I haven't listened to it yet. When I, when I, after I listened to it, I'll let you know. And I emailed him. I was like, dude, these were like Cressa people that were doing this <laughs> webinar. I was like, and it was excellent. And here's all the things they said, check it out. And um, one of the things they talked about, and I think the trend for HR people to realize is, is they are involved in the real estate transaction. And that's a new concept for a lot of people because HR typically are involved in stuff like that. You think finance, you think operations, right? But the reality of the situation is it's not about real estate. It's about people and then finding the right real estate to fit the needs of the company and ultimately those employees and those people. That's exactly right. We are starting to work with HR people on almost every client team. Whereas it was sporadic before because they were in upper management and had some role in decision making, but it wasn't a people first decision. And now companies are realizing this really is about our people and new talent trying to bring people in and what does our space say about us and what does what we do in our space say about our company and how their experience is gonna be with us. I was gonna ask you about that in terms of the questions then versus the questions you get now out of the gate and the things that come into play. And I'm sure that's part of it, but are there other kind of elements that are the starting point conversations beyond the price point? I know that's always a question, but yeah. the things mm-hmm. that people need to know to start to give you information that you can say, all right, now I've got my ball of clay and I can start to mold what you're after. So interestingly, the price question is not forefront like it used to be. Not to say that people are willing to spend you know, undefined amount, right? There's there's still things that need to fit a budget and whatnot, but it's not the first question anymore. It's about what should we do for our, in our space? Because people aren't coming in. How do we get people to come in? It's really those kinds of questions because I've heard so many CEOs say, well, for up to me, everyone would be in. And I mm. kind of wonder, well, who is it up to then if it's not up to you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but what I think they're really saying is I can't just force people to come it's, in because that exactly. may cause a mass exodus or, or this oh, or that yeah. because someone else is going to offer them more of what they want. And so how can we make what we do uh, work for everyone and not upset the apple cart, um, but but really work for what management and leadership wants and work for what people, the, the staff want to do. So that's really where we're starting to talk to them. We're starting to ask questions like, well, what work do you want them to do in the office and why? Because 
we found people don't want to do the same work they can do at home in the office. They Absolutely. don't want to come in and bang away on their computer by themselves in the office like they do at home. Because right. they can we do hear that about home. that. People doing Zooms in the office are like, that's, as- that's asinine. Right, or just I've sitting by themselves yeah. in the office because they're required to be in the office and they're just doing heads down work at their desk and I could do that at home. Yeah. Um, so it's um, being intentional about what they're going to do in the office. You guys are a very good example of that. You know, you're our neighbors, so uh, we see it. But you come in and you do things surrounded a about the team, not okay. about the work necessarily. You're, you're doing work there, but a lot of it is team building, it's camaraderie, it's culture, it's fun. It's centered around food most of the time. Um, <laughs> Tell me about it. And I'm always lurking for leftovers. <laughs> yeah, there weren't um, any leftovers the last time. But there wasn't? No. Oh, wow. Sad, sad, We're getting sad. better at buying because that was starting to bother me with too much. It's and I, I, home with a I box literally, of I literally had, I ate Olive Garden for a freaking week one time because there was so much of it. And I was like, this can't all go to waste. This is, there are people, I was listening to my mother saying, there's people starving starving in Africa and everywhere in our backyard. I can't throw this stuff out. So go ahead, sorry. (laughs) That's okay. No, but it's about engaging people and making intentional the work that they do in the office. Is it training? Is it team building? Is it, you know, just communal? Um, I've heard a lot, we are hearing a lot that it is about food, right? Um, mm. Bringing people in and that's what draws people in. One of our clients that we've helped them out in a couple different locations and they say here locally, they don't need a solution right now because the only time they get more than three, four, five people in the office is on the days that they offer lunch. So that draws people in. But it, all, but it also you know, helps to tie into their, their culture and, and how they work together. They are on... Zoom with their clients a lot. So people don't want to come in to kind of, they have an open space and be on a Zoom and there's other people in this you know, doing the same and thing. Yeah. And so doing mm-hmm. that from home is actually more conducive for them and the way they work given where they work. And I think I answered your question. Yeah, yeah. no, and, and we've, we've had other conversations where it, the question really is, what are you doing to invite the people in? Right, and as you put it, food's a great motivator. Yep. You know, especially for those who are starving in other continents. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other thing is, so the term that I got from that webinar, from those uh, Cressa executives, was, "How is your company earning the commute?" And that really resonated with my team because Amy on my team and Nick on my team, they like add that to their intake call with their clients. Okay, what's your working structure? How do you do it? And if they say, we want people to be in the office every day, their follow-up question is, is, all right, please tell us how you're earning that commute so we can sell it to applicants. And, you know, that's like a light bulb, like a complete mind shift change because I still think employers... Like you said, the CEO, well, if I had my way, and the reality of the world is employers are recognizing, even if they're coming, kicking and screaming to the table, recognizing that it's not just about them anymore. It's about the employees and they don't have a company if they don't have those employees. And I think one of the things um, my colleagues in local commercial real estate said is, if you ask someone in 2019, early 2020, why do you have an office? The answer is because that's where we work, by and large, right? The remote right. work has existed for a long time, large companies, things like that. But amongst you know, most of our local companies here, it's because that's where we work. And that's not the answer anymore. So what is the answer? Why do you have the office and why do you want to have an office and why do you want people to come in? And what is in it for them and how, do you, you know, how are you earning their commute? Absolutely, definitely. 
So how did you get into this world? How did you get your start in this whole? Yeah, because I mean, you've been with Cressa a long time. I think you told me it was well over 15 it, years. No, no, no. It's five and a half years. Oh, I'm sorry. He's much I, younger no. than that. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. No, five and a half years with Cressa. Um, but I sort of always had an inkling towards real estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was a kid, I doodled buildings. I didn't doodle people, things like that. I doodled okay. buildings. And then later in life, I said, you know, I'm kind of interested in real estate. I went to college uh, as an architecture major that lasted a year. Um, <laughs> and because I knew that, that that's not what I wanted to do uh, every day. I, I do enjoy the design aspect of it. Love to look over the the shoulder of our workplace designers and see what they're doing and, mm. you know, lend some, some thoughts that sometimes are worthwhile. You know, I, I've flipped some houses uh, with my dad uh, through the years, but that wasn't, say, a calling for, for a career. I've worked for a law firm doing real estate. I worked for a title agency. Then I ended up in banking and just never really found the right thing. Always thought, you know, hey, maybe I want to do something in commercial real estate and I don't know what. And I ended up meeting Zach through a mutual friend who he served on a board with. And she said, well, you keep talking about commercial real estate. You ought to meet Zach. And we met. And it took a couple of years before the right uh, thing emerged with Cressa. But eventually he had a spot, brought me on board. And five and a half years later, we're... There you go. Still going. There you go. Maybe yeah. it was Zach 15 years with Cressa. Zach's been, yeah, 15, 20 years he's yeah. been in business. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's where I, that's where I got that's my, I my dates and my years mixed up. Sorry. That's okay. He has far more hair than I do. To <laughs> really sure. does. Yeah. To get us We're confused. All yeah. Yeah. We're all jealous. <laughs> I think he has yeah. more hair than me. That could be. <laughs> so you mentioned some of the other team members that you have in terms of looking over their shoulder. Talk to us a little about just in terms of some of the things that Cressa does and what the value that you bring. That's a great question because you think, oh, broker, that's it, right? But you have have actually a a great team. So talk us through that a little bit more. Sure. So my role is the brokerage piece, which we like to think of as being kind of sandwiched in the middle of what we do best for our clients. But what it really starts with is workplace strategy and design. And we have two folks who do, um, they are interior designers and uh, by trade and by training. um, And they do a lot of strategy work to figure out like all this stuff we've been talking about. What is it that you're doing in the office and why? And then informing, well, how much space do you need and what are those spaces and how do they interact together, which leads to conceptual design of space, what we call test fits and trying to figure out exactly what you need from your space. And then, um, you know, a lot of other things too, like what's important to your team. We've, we find out natural light is a really big thing that comes back from strategy sessions. With I mean, people. come on, right? Yeah. Well, how can you, I don't even know how you could work in a space where you didn't have a lot of natural light. And I know there's a lot of, even around our area, yeah. older business offices. My husband, I said to him are... the other day, he works, he calls it kind of like he's like ma I'm in a warehouse I, I'm in a like I have no windows in my office because I said did you see that rain the other day did you hear that rain he's like I couldn't hear it and I definitely didn't see it I was like I would die if I didn't have <laughs> a window yeah and it, there are a lot of office buildings that were built at a time when it was thought that small windows and everything was an energy efficient way to build and design a building yeah. and so there's a lot of people whose offices are in them and they don't want that situation anymore if they can help it so that comes up a lot among interviews that we do, people's access to natural light, walking paths, things like that. And I think it's also born out of a lot of stuff with COVID because when people were working from home, they were probably had a lot of light sitting in their dining room, kitchen, mm-hmm. um, wherever, and they'd go out for walks. I know I took a ton of walks um, in 2020 that summer because our son was home with us too and we we're trying to get out of the house a little bit. And we saw, you know, all our neighbors were walking all the time. And so I think it's born out of that. People really like that and they want that as part of their work life now. Yeah. 
We work on all of those sorts of things to figure out, all right, what is it that the client needs and wants out of their future space, whether it's their current space and reconfigured to suit their needs now, or whether it's relocating to a different space. So they do a lot of that work on the workplace solution side. Then we take that as transaction managers, take those needs to the market and go out and find alternatives to where they currently are or look at where they are currently leasing and try to find, you know, drive the best lease terms if it's a lease or try and find a property for them to buy to occupy and bring a transaction to the table that works for their business. And then on the other side is the implementation side, our project managers who oversee construction projects from a timeline and budget standpoint for the client. So making sure that everything happens when it's supposed to, that they're paying the right amount for it, that they're bringing together the right team outside of, say, a contractor's scope of vendors, movers, bidding those things out and making sure that everything is coordinated so that when they're supposed to move in, they move in and everything works. So real strategy through implementation approach, all integrated through one company, which is really different than than you'll see in the market. Definitely. I'm curious, so now going into client situations when you're sort of doing that discovery, if you had to describe kind of, hey, client, I want you to think of these perfect answers. What are those answers coming back to you? Like music to your ears, this is somebody that can help who's motivated to do things. What, what does that look like nowadays for you going into a situation and being like so excited? I'm like, this is the prize project that I've been after. It's really a lot of what we've been talking about. It's those clients who realize it's about their people, Mm -hmm. right? And are willing to get their input and not hold that all close to the vest like they maybe used to is to say, okay, I need to get certain levels or a certain amount uh, down the company involved into the situation to get their input because they're tends to be or there can be a lot of friction between staff and and leadership and through the strategy and discovery process we're finding that we can reduce that friction because people are feeling heard and what they want out of their workplace is going to be incorporated in the end result or at least that's their hope and so they're it's reducing a lot of that friction so to really answer the questions about the people who realize it's about their people and are willing to get them involved in the process so that we know it's going to end up in the best result for everybody awesome So what are you doing outside of work? We'd like to talk to folks a little bit about some of their community involvement, some of the projects, the side hobbies, just more of a personal nature. What is Todd doing outside of Cressa? So from a community involvement standpoint, I'm a fifth generation volunteer firefighter. Um, Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. I've been doing that since I was 14. Uh, If you want to do the math, that's 27 years. (laughs) Um, Well, we weren't going to, but you just did. Yeah, no problem. Uh, So it's been a long time. um, And so my parents met because their fathers were both involved in the volunteer fire service. They've known each other since my mother was four. And it's just sort of one of those things that kind of comes with the territory of being in my family. So uh, I've been doing that for a long time. I like to say that I quite quit the fire department for a couple of years, not really realizing it, but because I had young kids, I still have young kids, but in a place now where uh, my wife has enabled me to participate a little bit more this year. I've tried to get back into it a little bit more. And And you're um, thinking the kids at some point are going to need a spouse of some sort so <laughs> no better place to go. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Arranged exactly. marriage through the fire department. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, but the kids love to go to the firehouse. Um, oh, I take sure. my daughter to the firehouse uh, almost every week after her gymnastics class. We go and uh, get her some lemonade, or she calls it lemonade. Um, and just, you know, drive a fire truck real quick. Absolutely. Um, and so that's, that's... That's wonderful. I yeah. love that. I think that's a grown-up stream, too. 
right? You see the fire trucks coming through the parade and you yeah. see the little kids that are in there throwing the candy and you're like, uh, I, I want to do that. There. You can. Over 70% of the firefighters in America are volunteers. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. You, you and we still have a shortage of them and we need more. Yes. We could yeah. always use more. Anybody who wants to volunteer, come give me a call. That's wonderful. We'll, we'll find a place for you. So uh, that's been my community involvement of late. Um, I spent a number of years on the Habitat for Humanity board, um, which was tremendously rewarding. It helped, like the staff did everything, but uh, we really kind of oversaw uh, the construction of a lot of homes for first-time home buyers and, and people who really needed a hand up uh, in, in housing. And um, so that, that was great. Um, Outside of that, you know, I have a wife and two young kids and we, we spend a ton of time traveling um, and just, you know, trying to be adventurous and fill the kids' lives with all the fun things. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's me outside of Cressa. Favorite trip? I'll give you two. My honeymoon was tremendous. We did Milan, Venice, Florence, and Rome Ow. over about 10 days. Uh, so two to three days in each city. Oh, amazing. And this summer we had a, a week in the Cape and it was just a blast. Uh, we, yeah. we just had so much fun. The kids enjoyed the beach. They were great. The weather was perfect. Yeah, that one, that one really sticks out. And it's not recency bias because we've vacationed since then. But yeah, uh, yeah, that was just a great, great vacation. Everyone that says that says they love the Cape. And I was always reticent to go out there. I went out there once on the inside part of the Cape and we had a great time. Yeah. It was more about you know the weather. I don't even remember what the weather was, but yeah, we rented the house and perfect, a fantastic time. Yeah. All right, so as we wrap up today, we ask everybody roadside assistance kit. So everybody's got a roadside assistance kit, obviously in their cars. So in case there's a breakdown or you need an emergency, whatever. But if you think about it from a work perspective, either a mindset or a tool or a technology or you know a mentor or somebody that helps you get through the week, get through your work, keep you maybe focused on the customer at hand type of a thing. Anything come to mind along those lines? So I'll give you a cliche one, but my phone. And it's not just about being connected and being able to take a phone call or check an email, but it's about all the different things, right? It's about being able to snap a picture of my kids at any given moment and pulling up those pictures, the Apple feature where you have like, it just gives you memory pictures. Yep. Man, sometimes that they really they really hit you with some way back pictures of the uh -huh. kids, um, and not that they're that old, but and just oh my god, remember when that young and maybe just get you through a rough spot in the day. Um, I will look at pictures sometimes when I'm like having a tough day. Um, so yeah, I love my kids. Softy. Yeah, I love my I kids. Love that. um, That's so someday sweet. Someday they're gonna listen to this and be like, aw. exactly. Someday, <laughs> if podcasts are around when they, uh, I know, right? You know, who knows what the next <laughs> thing is? Um, yeah, so just being able to stay connected and like I said, not just phone calls and emails for work and because sometimes those get distracting when, when you are spending time with the kids and something pops up yeah. and you're like, oh, hey, mm -hmm. what was that thing? Let me see what my watch just buzzed me about when you shouldn't. Right. Um, but it's about that or being able to get in, get in touch with someone. Um, you know, I probably talk to my father every day. Um, I call him, he calls me for some things, you know, just a minute. Yeah, just being able to stay connected to people and work uh, and all those things. So I'll give you that. If you looked in my trunk, You'd find roadside assistance kit, but you'd also find something that needs to be returned to Lowe's. <laughs> um, so I think there's a couple things in there right Always. now. Um, Always. Yeah. Definitely. Sans receipt. Don't tell them yeah. when I bought it or <laughs> what I paid for it. Your secret safe. Yes. Thank you. Todd, thank you so much. It was wonderful having you here today. Again, I, I was just talking about this on one of our other podcasts that we had never had an L&D 
be professional. And this is our first real estate professional talking. And again, we're all connected. Everything everyone does, regardless of what their job title is, it's all about people. It's all connected to HR. And so again, I think you you um, set an amazing example for people to hear that, you know, real estate is the people business too. So thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. It's oh, been great. Thank you for having me on. This, is, this has been fun. So again, what's the common theme here, Tom? It's people. all about the people. People, people, people. So right. we have a real estate transa- commercial transaction manager. And what did he talk about? The people. Right. It's not even about the transactions. We talk about getting caught in titles. Yep. It's completely about people and their engagement and what they need. And it's really about asking them questions. And he pointed to that directly and indirectly throughout the conversation. Absolutely. So if you are an employer in an organization that would love to have your people come back to work and be in the office more frequently, how are you earning that commute? Something you have to think about because that's what we have to focus on, earning the commute and making it the, the, what is the why and why do you want them there? So it was a great show. Take a look at the show notes on our website, alant.com. You can learn a little bit more about Todd, um, his volunteer fireman work and his work he's done with Habitat for Humanity. (laughs) 